Hello and welcome to Recap the Podcast with me, Lucy Wheeler. Recap stands for Research in Education, Child Development and Parenting. And our mission is to embrace everyone and make everyone feel at home and part of a supportive community. Here on the podcast, you will find stories from parents, child development professionals, researchers, early childhood educators and many, many more. So pop on those headphones while you walk the dog, grab a snippet during your lunch break or while your baby sleeps and enjoy listening to some incredible stories from some truly amazing people. Welcome to Recap. Hello and a huge warm welcome to my guest today, Emma Tanfield, who I'm very excited to chat to about her journey into motherhood. So before we head into that, I just want to tell you a little more about our guest. Emma Tanfield is a mum of two beautiful daughters and a wife to husband, Tom. Having worked previously in childcare and completing her degree in early childhood professional studies, which is actually where we first met, Emma now balances her time with her daughters with raising awareness for parents experiencing life with children with additional needs. As a busy mum of two and with a daughter with charge syndrome, she still manages to find time to raise money for charity with some fantastic events. I'm so excited to be speaking with her today. So it is my absolute pleasure to welcome to the episode, Emma Tanfield. How are you doing today, Emma? Oh, I'm good. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me on here. Not at all. It's an absolute pleasure. I follow you on Instagram. Obviously, we know each other previously. We went to university together. And so we know each other previously, but you didn't have children when we were at university. So I've really enjoyed following your journey online since we've parted ways and gone and done our different things. I just want to take you. No worries. I just want to take you back to the very first time that you became a mum. How was that experience for you? Like, did you did you always know that you wanted to have a family, have children? Yeah. Do you know what? We um, it was actually Tom that. Uh, was was more excited to start a family um oh, really he, yeah he he I, I was the one that was like oh no I want to do a bit more traveling I, I wasn't quite sure right. where I was going career-wise whereas when he left school he knew exactly what he was he wanted to be he was on that road and he went straight into barbering and he's done it ever since and you know he's he's made a great career out of it so he was set and ready quite young in my eyes um and I just I wasn't there so we we actually from from the age of like 19 I guess it's just really like immature and naivety but we we wasn't being careful at all so actually it's a really good job nothing happened um I mean you know there's plenty of parents out there that are really young and I think they're amazing parents but I just know I would not cope to that age and it wasn't until we was about 23 and we was quite serious in our relationship and I just finished uni and I thought oh do you know what maybe maybe I am ready for a baby and Tom went to the doctors for something completely different and found out that he had a low sperm count oh. so we couldn't, and we got told we wouldn't be able to have children um, oh, wow. like naturally and we mm-hmm. had all these conversations around it and I thought oh, do you know what let's not stress we're still very very young yeah. let's, so my mum said because we was renting at the time and my mum said come live with us save what you was paying for your rent and and put it aside to put towards a mortgage and then you can worry about all that after so we moved in with oh. my mum and dad and literally two months later found out I was pregnant with Amelia um, and it is it's so true like everyone said oh when you stop trying you know it doesn't happen yeah. so Tom was buzzing and I always wanted kids I always wanted to be a mum but I definitely wasn't ready when I found out I was pregnant so I didn't take my pregnancy seriously which is something I massively regret and I almost didn't enjoy it I 
I sort of denied it for a long time. Okay. And I think my way of dealing with things when I'm nervous is sort of putting it to the back and focusing mm. on, on something different. Anyway, Mills was absolutely fine. Um, she came and because we was living with my mum and dad, we had hands on help. 24 7 yeah so literally it was so so lucky they I mean we're very close to both our parents we were so lucky perfect um two months later so she was born on the 23rd of January 23rd of March went into lockdown so my first time parenting experience it it was amazing in certain aspects because Tom's a barber he couldn't work so he got to experience everything he got to see all of her first milestones you know he got to see everything He, he was there every single day with her but I guess it was a bit of an unreal way of parenting because my mum worked from home during COVID so I could say like oh I'm just gonna jump in the shower will you watch the baby for me so like it was a huge shock when we moved out and then Tom goes to work and I'm at home with Amelia I'm thinking oh my god like I don't know I've got to keep an eye on this child on my own (laughs) so it it was so nice having my mum and dad there but you also you can't really be a family because at the end of the day it's their house babies take up a lot of space so you're petrified you're taking over Mm -hmm. their, their space and their house so, I mean, yeah, it was amazing being a first-time mum and having the experience. We were super lucky to have the help we had. But it was nothing like I thought it'd be because, mm. obviously, during lockdown, and I know I'm not the only one, there's loads of parents that struggled during lockdown, but we couldn't do any baby classes. I couldn't take her swimming. Uh, all the things I thought I would yeah. do on my maternity leave obviously didn't happen. Yeah. And then I had to go back to work early because yeah. none of us had any money. <laughs> um, so I didn't really enjoy my maternity. Well, no, it's a lie. I did enjoy it, of course. It was lovely off but you know what it's like during COVID it gets a bit yeah it's nothing what I thought it would be yeah and I think as well with her being your first you don't have that comparison of oh this is just different because you know the circumstances and that I suppose in your mind there's almost that thinking of oh is is this what it's like yeah yeah and I think I I've always been a very confident person and becoming a mum made me realize this is what I needed like she saved me I didn't know I needed saving and she 100% did like she will always be my best friend she's we're very very close me and Mills and having that time with her I think made us closer yeah but I didn't realize how much it knocked my confidence when we come out of lockdown because all of a sudden I I was out and I had this baby with me that I had to you know I was used to being indoors in my own safe environment and going out I had these huge anxieties all of a sudden that someone's going to take her it's so ridiculous but I just it it was horrible I couldn't go anywhere on my own and you know it, it brought out all these anxieties I didn't know I had Mm. So that's when I started getting really into mental health and stuff and um you know I, I found that a lot of other people were the same yeah and I just wanted to share that they weren't on their own because it was it was a huge thing it, even though it was the best time having her it also that's when it released a lot of anxieties and yeah my confidence definitely dropped mm. I think a lot of people I've spoken to a few people about that change in identity when you become a parent and that you don't expect to to kind of change as a person but it, it almost does it without yeah, you even sure. having any control over it do you yeah no you're right I I love what you say about kind of how close the two of you are and that she's your best friend and that she she almost saved you when you didn't realize that you needed saving and like my my daughter is 17 now I'm I had her when I was 20 so I was a fairly young mum but she has totally changed me as a person and even though I was quite young when I had her but yeah it just 
does something to you, doesn't it? When you become a parent, like it just releases something inside you. And I'm like, right, I've got to step up now. Like, yeah. This is my job. And I think that shows, though, that I, I mean, I think I was, which is really bad, but I think I was before I had Amelia. I was very much like, you know, you see these 17, 18, 19 year olds, and you're like, how on earth? You're a baby yourself. You're having a baby. Yeah. But it's not until you have one and you do have those natural instincts that kick in and you think, actually, as long as you're keeping them safe, warm, fed, love you, you're mm. onto a winner like it doesn't matter what your age is you you have this this bond like and it is yeah. so strong and I just think like some people are meant to be mums and well I like to think I'm I'm one of the like it's it, I, I realise it was what I was yeah. on this earth to do is to be a mum because yeah. I love it and that doesn't mean I get it right every time I mean who I does? absolutely do not oh there are days when you just think like do you know what I don't want a parent today <laughs> start again <laughs> yeah let's, we'll just we'll just start again um, back to bed under the covers <laughs> pretend today is not happening yeah i get oh, it but no 95 percent of the time i i really yeah i really do enjoy being a mum. Uh, i am enjoying it but then you know they're still very young they're still very fun at the moment they're they've not found their batch no, yet. it'll come she was four last week um, yeah i know <laughs> it's that that is such a lovely eight i mean obviously it comes with its challenges every age i mean when we know this we did this at university that's what we studied child development and everything but we know that every every uh, age comes with its yeah. own challenges but that that age of like four or yeah. five when they're just getting ready to go off to school and things like that like it's such a magical age they're talking so you can have a conversation with them like you're saying you know, just have a chat with you little best friend and go and have girly days out and things like that and they're so innocent yeah. like she comes out with stuff and I think oh my like when did we lose yeah. that innocence because she says things and it's so true and so you know they see it in a whole sometimes better perspective than what adults Absolutely. do I just I don't know when we lose that like she doesn't see any differences between any children at all yeah and I remember her going to nursery with this little girl who had Down syndrome. And, I mean, she was gorgeous. And I said to me, I was like, oh, how is she? Like, I won't obviously mention her name. And I said, how, how is she doing? And she said, oh, yeah, she's got a different smile to me. Hers is bigger. And I was like, that is the only difference that she saw yeah. in them. And I just thought, that is so beautiful that she just, she she's just yeah. so pure. And I just thought, like, and all kids mm-hmm. are. It's not just Amelia, you know, they're, they're just, I love it. I love this age. And they're so much fun. I'm blessed. Although she is, she is at the question age. You know, when you start answering their questions, you think, why am I still going? Did we not answer this 20 <laughs> minutes ago? You just asked me in a different way. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. So, yeah, I got a master that yet. Oh, bless her. So she's four. Has she started school yet? No, well, she's in a school nursery now, which is a little bit different to the nursery she was in. Okay. It's like it's a lot more structured and I've got to learn that the times actually matter. <laughs> she has to be in on time and be up on time. Um but no, she she's loving nursery, absolutely loving it. And she's really grown up all of a sudden. Yeah, mm. they do, don't they? When they go and kind of out into the big wide world and start going to other places, it just brings out that inner confidence, doesn't it, in yeah. a lot of children? Yeah, for sure. Oh, I'm so glad she's enjoying it. She's got lots of adventures ahead of her, and she so she'll start school this September. Yes. Yeah, we find out in April primary oh, school, so that was a whole nerve wracking experience as well. I don't want to make the wrong choice. <laughs> stressful, isn't it? Oh, it is so stressful. So that was your 
experience of your first pregnancy, first dip into motherhood, doing it through COVID. So, I mean, hats off to you. That's a challenge in (laughs) itself. And then you fell pregnant again and you had a second journey into motherhood. But that was a bit different to your first journey for a multitude of different reasons. So can you tell us a bit about that journey into motherhood? Yeah, cool. So then we had (laughs) Avi, our AVT. She, the whole pregnancy was different. I was so lucky with Amelia. And again, I think I was, it was a bit unrealistic because I, I didn't, I, I was extremely lucky. I didn't struggle. The only time I struggled was at the end, I got preeclampsia with, with Amelia. Oh. So I was then on the high risk end for okay. my second pregnancy. Okay. But from the moment I knew I was pregnant for even taking a test because I was severely sick. Oh. Like, and I had no sickness with meals at all. I was really lucky. Um, But with AV, oh, it was, I was really, really poorly with AV. So the whole pregnancy was different anyway. Yeah. I also got a pneumonia while I was pregnant with AV. Um, So, yeah, I was in hospital for a long time. And, yeah, there was just loads going on. But we got told the whole way through... Avi's a nice healthy baby um okay. she was obviously checked quite a lot um nothing was pulled up with her and then she was born uh, I went into labor almost eight weeks early wow. um, I was actually at work sweeping the floor <laughs> and I had these pains and I went in and I genuinely thought I'll only be in for an hour because I never had Braxton Hicks or anything like that even with Mills and I thought oh maybe it's something like that okay and went in and within 15 minutes of being hooked up it was like okay we need to take you around to labor ward I was like oh my god no 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 this is not the plan no I I haven't got anything ready (laughs) I like I just carted meals off to my mum's and I was like I'll be back in a minute and yeah it was it was just so stressful it was carnage ish I had to try and keep her in for as long as I could because we had to have a drip to protect her brain and her lungs um so I was contracting I think it was something silly like 57 hours or something um full-on in labor in active labor so it was a long long time Tom was incredible you were exhausted oh so and then I literally was about to sign the form for a section to go down and get her out because it was just too much strain on the body and Uh. and she just came she just started coming out and I was like oh my god I'm this is great like she's coming because I I really wanted a natural birth that was the plan um right okay and did you have natural first time no Amelia was a section oh okay so I really wanted it this time yeah oh my god hats off to people that have natural birth because I thought I'd done amazing they pulled her out and she was tiny I was like is that it that's all I've pushed out she's so small um but then I don't really remember a lot because I, I ended up losing loads and loads of blood. So I, uh, I was sort of like Tom said, he was in this complete, utter, like out of body experience because there was a NICU team waiting for AV anyway. So there was about four or five nurses waiting. And then the crash button was pushed as soon as she was born. And with that, when that button's pushed, there's like 15, 16 doctors in the room within seconds. Wow. So Tom was pushed right to the back of the room. I was being worked on over that side. Avi was being worked on over that side. And he fe- he said he felt like a little bit helpless, but she just wasn't crying. That's all I remember is saying she's she's making any sound at all yeah well, obviously we didn't know that she couldn't so avi was born without the holes in her nose okay um which i'll explain in a minute it's one of the charge things okay. um but 
I didn't know that babies are nose breathers. They can't breathe through their mouth when they're born. They can only breathe through their nose. I didn't know this. No, I didn't. Oh. So they're trying to um, put oxygen in. And obviously mm. it's blocked. Nothing's going in. It's not working. Right. So at three minutes, the crash button was pushed again, at which point they took it out of the room. So she's no longer in the room anymore. And then on like her admission summary for the hospital explains it all. And her little body went through so much. And they ended up intubating her at 12 minutes so for 12 whole minutes she she was obviously getting something i don't know how um but she she ended up having a bleed on the brain because of it um and it was just a whole thing anyway they intubated her she was on a ventilator and i was knackered i can imagine so tired I come round and I just remember I just wanted a cup of tea. Yeah. Like that's all I wanted. So I'm sitting there, all your dignity goes out the window, don't it? I'm getting stitched up. I've got a cup of tea in one hand, Gasna in the other looked ridiculous. And I just thought, oh, do you know what? I just just chill out just for half an hour and then we'll go up and see her. And as they were stitching me, they come down, a doctor knocked on the door and he said to me, Right, your baby's going to London now. Like, do you want to see her oh, before she word. goes? And I was like, what, what do you mean she's going to London? Like, what? Because we still yeah. are none the wiser of what's gone on right. because she was taken out. And he said she needs to be um, transferred to London, like, immediately. Um, she's extremely poorly, but obviously, you know, in a much more professional way than what I'm <laughs> saying it. These weren't his exact words. But she's very poorly. Um, she needs to be taken, like, now. Wow. So I was like, right, let's go. So we, I was wheeled round to Niku, was allowed to see her before she was put in the ambulance. And she was the size of Tom's hand. She was so small. Um, and she had all these tubes. She had um, a cannula in every limb. The, honestly, they're so incredible. The wires that they put in these babies, like, they're just insane. They must be um, tiny. She was so small. And, well, she, I mean, she was four pound one. So yeah. she was a very good weight. That's the thing that she did have on her side. But her size was very, very small. And, yeah, she 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 just looked nothing like a baby nothing like a baby at all and I just it's so strange because I remember seeing Mills this is gonna sound really bad I remember seeing Mills and you have this instant like oh my god she's I mean they're not they're covered in gunk and <laughs> awful mess and but you're yes, like she's beautiful yeah. she's yeah. everything and I saw Ravy and I didn't really see her because she had so yeah. many wires so many tubes all this different stuff going on that's brand yeah. new world to us. We we don't know about anything like this. And I didn't really I didn't really yeah. believe it. It was a bit of a strange experience. Anyway, she was taken straight off to London and me and Tom were just left in this room with no baby. And so you didn't go you weren't allowed to go with her. We right. weren't allowed to go with her. They didn't think she was gonna survive. Oh, um but I so Tom Tom had the decision to go with her, but I still needed finishing off stitching and yeah. I still needed lots of stuff doing to me. And I said to him, Will you go with her? But he I think like one of the nurses basically said, like, stay with yeah. him because you know, she needs you a lot now. AV is what it is at the moment. There's not really much we can do with AV. I suppose as well, like AV's going to be kind of brushed straight in, worked on. She's obviously super young, so has no awareness of yeah. people, who they are, you know, anything like that. Whereas he could be that support for you. You're you're there and needing that support. So I suppose Absolutely. that makes sense. Yeah. And she was taken straight onto high defences, so he wasn't yeah. even allowed on there anyway. So he'd have yeah. had to have waited until she went onto the NICU ward. So it didn't mm-hmm. really make sense. Um. So yeah, he ended up staying with me and we didn't hear anything for hours. That's agony. Hours and hours about 
whether she got there, whether it was just, and the nurses were incredible. Even the nurse, like the ambulance service that took her were called Panda and they were just, they were amazing. Like she still got a little Panda teddy that they gave her and I mean, incubator and no, they were so lovely, but obviously they can't just message me <laughs> like out of the blue. Like yeah. you have to wait for news. So we're sitting there waiting. None of my family, not my, all of our family know, I'm in labour. Yeah. None of them know she's even been born. We, they don't even know if it's a boy or girl because we didn't find out. You know, everyone's waiting to hear from us. And Tom said, I have to let them know that she's here. And I was like, I'm, I don't want to. I'm not telling anyone anything until we hear she's in London, she's okay, and then I will tell them the news, or not, do you know what I mean, and and uh. tell them either way what, what the news is. We got the news, she was there, we met my mum and dad, Tom's mum and dad, and my brother in Costa, <laughs> in the hospital. We saw Amelia, and it was the first time I'd seen Amelia in three days, and oh. that's all I wanted, yeah. in all honesty, was just to see Mills. We got her in a pink top, and, and oh. she announced it, it was a girl, and it was all lovely, it just felt, again, nothing what I thought it would feel like having a second child like it was just it was just hard you know we we didn't have our baby with us we didn't know if she was okay we didn't know what was going on it was all completely yeah it was it was not nice and then that night I discharged myself from hospital because I just wouldn't have been good in hospital and luckily the nurse was like no I completely agree like you need to go home okay obviously I made sure everything was okay (laughs) like I wouldn't just leave but, you know, everything was fine. I think they just wanted to monitor. So I agreed with them. A nurse could come around first thing in the morning to check and I was allowed to go home. Went home, fell asleep, woke up the next morning and I forget that I'd given birth because yeah. there was no baby there and I forgot I'd just given birth. So within, I don't know, 14, 15 hours of giving birth, I was on my way up to London. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I'm so sore yeah I can um, imagine but it's pure adrenaline and my mum drove us up I've never been to Whitechapel I've never been to Royal London it's this huge blue building and they explained where to go and we got in there and it is just a whole nother world like the machines the beeps these babies that I thought Avi was small oh my god really? these tiny tiny babies that like aren't even a pound like they're just so dinky and there's like seven babies on a on a bay and you get to speak into these parents and some of them have been there for like two weeks wow. some of them have been there for six weeks and you know it's just it's amazing surreal yeah really surreal anyway we she got onto the NICU ward and then we was very very lucky that the genetics doctor that worked at the hospital specialized in charge syndrome right because a lot of children don't get diagnosed with charge as early as Avi did okay and she noticed so one of the main things with Avi is obviously her her nose, her atrasia. And another thing is she's got really low set ears, right. which is another feature. So charge is, is basically, it's a very rare genetic syndrome. Okay. It's it's very, very complex. There's loads and loads to it. And it's like a spectrum as well. So oh, right. it's, it's, it's very much like, you know, they could be very, very mild to very, very severe. Like they're all different. And children with charge suffer from extreme medical and physical difficulties right so the genetic mutation is called the gene chd7 and one in 10 to fifteen thousand babies are born with it oh my word me and tom both had the genetics testing done and neither of us carry the gene so it started for the first time completely random in av wow and 
because of this, it means that there was a less than 1% chance we'd have a baby with this syndrome. Oh, my goodness. So she was, like, rare, like, rare, rare. She was the only person, yeah. only of the amount of nurses, they're like, we've never come across a child with child syndrome. Like, nobody knows what it is. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's super rare. And for a long, long time, I struggled, and I thought, why us? Why has this happened to us? Because seven and a half months in hospital is a huge strain emotionally physically financially yeah, the amount yeah. it cost us in train fare is a joke and it, it was really hard to be positive and I'm a very positive person and then I remember sitting in the parent room and I just thought actually why don't we twist this because mm. we're surrounded by very poorly babies and we're surrounded by babies that don't make it and it's a very surreal environment to be in and actually there's a lot of positives with Avi. she got sepsis at four days old and she survived and she again we got a phone call to say to go up because they didn't think she'd make it and she did she made it through the night she's had three collapsed lungs like she's oh, wow. she has gone through so much oh so much she she is such a warrior yeah um so I just thought actually why not us because we can support her and we will love her and our family will love her so actually yeah why not maybe she's come to us because we will give her the best life that we can and you know it's then looking at it this whole life-changing experience and we're we're lucky not lucky so it, it helped yeah. me I think yeah. the fact that it was so yeah, random and spread it because there's nothing I could have done to change it because you start going through your pregnancy and you're like oh if I didn't you know yeah I don't know have that tiny sip of Prosecco on Christmas day would she have been all right like you start going through this stuff that is ridiculous but you start trying to find blame and actually there isn't any it, it was completely random yeah I think that's a totally natural thing to do as a parent isn't it you know when something like that happens you instantly go right what did I do wrong yeah absolutely uh, you know is it my fault yeah and so to to have that almost that reassurance for both of you as parents to kind of go actually you know we didn't do anything mm-hmm. yeah it, that I, I guess that 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 will not it, it made it easier because it, it it made us realize that actually we have to think differently here we can't keep like beating ourselves up I did everything I was meant to do during my pregnancy and you know just is what it is at the end of the day yeah so every letter in charge stands for something different so, okay so the c in charge is coloboma that's to do with the eyes so we got told that av was deaf and blind and it's right. um it's basically the eyes don't fuse together they don't like join together so it causes vision impairment um okay. so she's with a charity called sense and it's for like visual and hearing impairments so she has coloboma in her right eye she has optic disc there's loads of different types of coloboma with the iris the you know there's loads she's got optic disc coloboma okay the h is for heart defects so Avi had three holes in her heart and she has a thickened aortic valve. One of the holes has actually closed up by itself. I think that's quite normal okay. to have that if you have a prem baby. Right, okay. Another one, there's a leak inside her heart. So they're not so worried. And then the third hole, they might just have to stitch it up. But that's nothing crazy. And the, the valve, they're just going to stent it. So it's quite, okay. considering what it could be, it's not as bad as, as other heart defects. The A is the atresia. She, so she has both notes are bilateral she has both um when she was born the holes at back of your nose hers was covered by bone right so it can be covered by bone or like skin and that's why she couldn't breathe when she was born that's why she couldn't breathe um so we had to wait so she was on a ventilator and we had to wait until she was big enough because they had to get tools cameras and a drill up her tiny little nose to make these holes she had a ventilator for the first seven weeks she wasn't big enough 
um, and then they stent it. She had these two little stents up her nose. She was just so tiny. I was like, how do you make this stuff? <laughs> but the problem is where they've made the holes, it's like when you get your ears pierced, if you leave the earrings out, your body closes the hole. Yeah. Because she was born without these holes, her body thinks that they're supposed to be closed. Right. So every time she has this operation, her body closes the holes. Oh, wow. So she has to have this operation every eight weeks. Um, so we go up to Whitechapel every eight weeks and she has... How long will that have to go on for? So after two and a half years, they say the brain is then trained to hopefully keep it open. And the, the plan is to spread it out. Right. So we're eight weekly at the moment, but her breathing sounds a lot better this time, which might mean we can go to three monthly. Okay. And then hopefully, you know, six monthly and then yearly. So plan is that over time... A bit longer it, in between. Closing yeah. a bit slower and slower. Yeah, and eventually they reckon like five, six, um, five, six years old. Hopefully, it will understand. Though they're supposed to be there. <laughs> right, that's crazy. So not only has she got all of these things that she's contending with day to day, she has to go in for repeated yeah. operations as well and go through the the trauma and then Absolutely, the recovery again yeah. after I mean, each one. On the child website. Um, like a charge foundation website it says it's typical for a child with charge to be followed by an average of 17 different medical specialists and will have more than a dozen surgical procedures before he or she is 10 years old and Avi's on her 11th general anaesthetic operation already and she has her 12th on the 9th of Feb so the 9th of Feb is her next nose operation so she's yeah she's like a trooper she's pro at this now <laughs> it's a real true we sign the uh, consent forms every time and they're like oh is there anything like any questions you have i'm like no <laughs> no i know what to, i know what to expect <laughs> this is not our first time <laughs> <my> first radio. <laughs> but yeah where but where she was ventilated for so long and it's things that you don't even think about so where she was ventilated so long it's it's affected her voice box because it pushes on your voice box oh, so she was completely mute for seven weeks she just she didn't she couldn't say anything she didn't cry anything because it just it pushed on her voice box and because it was so long she sounds like a little lamb like a little evil villain laugh when she cries because it strains on it yeah but yeah so that's the a the r is restricted growth so ava is extremely small for her age it's very common for people with charge to have growth hormone injections okay so that's that's in discussion at the moment because she's she's tiny i mean she's chubby She's got the weight. It's like the height and the growth that she's right. she's not doing very well on. But that is that's part and parcel of the the syndrome. Yeah. G is to do with the genitals. So a lot of children struggle and have problems with their genital area. Mm-hmm. And the E is ear abnormalities. So she's got low set ears. They're like Nemo's little fins. Like, um, her special ears. They're really <laughs> cute. But because of that. It, she has issues so she's completely deaf in her left ear right. um she has partial hearing in her right so with like cochlear implants they should be able to bring some some hearing back oh wow um so they're diagnosed with charge if they have two or more of these um like bits right that's what i was gonna ask Avi has five out of the six <laughs> so she she has everything except the g the genital bit and then obviously alongside charge comes swallowing and breathing problems so av is peg fed so she can't swallow um so she obviously has it straight into her tummy and she has chronic respiratory issues always in and out of hospital at the moment because her breathing she just breathes super fast she's on oxygen a lot she has cpap machine balancing problems is an issue delay with development and communication and cranial nerve problems they're like the main things that come 
hand in hand with charge so avi has facial palsy where she had a bleed to the brain okay. uh, her face one side of her face doesn't work so yeah she has challenges like every single day but she is she's such a, a happy content beautiful little girl like she's smashing everything they've told us everything they told us she's just proved everyone wrong has she uh, we got told she wouldn't hit any milestones before her first birthday and she's rolling she's grabbing a rattle she can hold her head up now like she's just she's amazing she's making sounds and that gives it because it can get quiet you can be very negative and you can think the worst quite often Mm -hmm. especially when you've had one that has no issues so yeah that's that gives us hope yeah she's amazing (laughs) what an incredible start to life that that she's had and she's just battled through everything how old was she when she was it able to come home she's home now with you isn't she she's home now so she was seven and a half months when she was able to come so she was in hospital for 224 days oh gosh so and you were having to make that journey every day every day (laughs) yeah well we wasn't allowed to hold her for five weeks so I wasn't even allowed to hold her we wasn't allowed to put we was allowed to put our hand in the incubator but then when she had an infection we wasn't allowed to do that yeah we just had to like touch the plastic lid Mm. Amelia wasn't that was the hardest part Amelia didn't really understand what's going on because she wasn't allowed in the hospital oh okay um so she wasn't allowed to meet her until she was four months old so we were showing her all these pictures and she was just like not interested at all because it just one it didn't look like a baby two she I don't think she could yeah. quite understood like hold on she was in your tummy a minute ago and now she's on your phone like what's yeah what's going on she didn't quite get it and you know all our time me and Tom hardly saw each other because we was sharing being up the hospital and the other one was having meals meals was passed from person to person when we both had to go up for meetings and training and it was really tough the guilt was so hard with meals and you know we weren't allowed to stay on NICU so we had to leave every night so I wasn't allowed to stay with her until she was moved to the respiratory ward downstairs when she was five months old so I had my first night with her when she was five months old that's a long time long long time but you know there there was parents on the ward and they were you almost saw them like feel guilty for talking about their experience because they'd been in there for like two weeks and you could see their face and they were like oh my god this is I can't even imagine like being the worst two weeks of my life it's so long and I'm sitting there chatting and they're like, how long have you been here? I was like, oh, you know, six months. Yeah. <laughs> and their face yeah. just drops. I'm like, you no, get no, it. No. Yeah. Your journey's your journey. Do you know what I mean? Like two weeks is just as scary as six months. Like it, it uh-huh. doesn't matter how long it's been. It's still not a nice place to be in for a day, let alone two weeks. Yeah. And I guess when they say that to you, you can kind of remember back to that two-week point and remember how scary it was. You know, and I suppose not saying that it's any easier at six months, but I suppose at six months you're aware of a lot more that's going on. You've been given some information. You've got almost some sort of routine going on that, even though it's a very skewed routine, but yeah, yeah. And you even like it's things like terminology. Doctors talk yeah. to you, and you understand words you you didn't understand before and you know you you just have a bit more of an understanding and respect for the doctors I guess because they work so hard but then it's interesting because my journey with Avi has been completely different to Amelia but in the same respect I mean I'd, I'd have like 10 11 kids if I could I'm one of those that just loves having babies and if we were ever lucky enough to have another one I think we'd struggle the most because we had so much help with Amelia and actually we left Avi there every night so yeah. somebody else was doing all the night shifts for me. I mean, don't be wrong. You get home, you don't really switch off. You know, you're, you're wondering if she's okay and everything like that. But actually, we got sleep 
and sleep such an important part of of parenting that we was lucky that you know we almost had like a nurse every night looking after our baby so we still had that hands-on help for seven months before we had to deal with her on our own in our home so it's a completely different and obviously I'd much rather have her been at home but we still had so much help with her as a newborn I've never ever had a newborn on my own to look after you know with with no support it was very very tough but I love how you still managed to put such a positive spin on on a really challenging situation like yeah but I've, I, I got help I got to say like I love the the positivity <laughs> I imagine it's not always been positivity from from your perspective and like you've said it's it's a really tough and challenging thing to go through but I mean amazing that you can still find those little silver linings in in such a challenging journey oh, I think you have to otherwise it can be a very um very depressing yeah. time you have to find the silver lining in stuff and there are when you look for them there are loads of them. yeah of course you know she's she's beautiful we're so lucky and crazy wild hair that she's known for and <laughs> a little oh it's that's her new year's resolution is to tame her hair because it's just no wild. don't tame it leave it let it go wild <laughs> and look she's got so much she's hair as well hasn't honestly, she loads of hair well amelia was such a photogenic person and when she had her peg avy come back with her head shaved because they had to cannulate her head oh gosh so honestly it, they proper botched it she come back and tom's a barber and he was like what on earth like just take it all off yeah she on her whiteboard she was known as the hedgehog in in niku because her hair was just always so long and you know she always looked windswept amelia has all these beautiful pictures of when she was a baby and i was looking through avis because she's going to be one in March and I was like we do this like thing where I put this collage together and she just looks hungover in all her pictures or like she just looks like she's been on a really heavy night out those are the ones that you need to bring out when she's 18 these are gonna be the pictures oh they will be for sure we've got some cracking pictures yeah absolutely she's amazing and and again you know like I said finding the silver lining in stuff we have, which is insane amount, we have 29 different professionals involved in Avi's care. So um, I have, on average, like eight appointments a week. Um, sometimes it's less, sometimes it's more. Don't have to go up to London for each one of these? No, luckily, okay. a lot of them have now been transferred to Harlow. Right. Um, and we have a community nurse. So a lot of the time, so like bloods can now be done at home. Training can be done like on Zoom or at the training centre around the corner. Like her okay. therapy, people come to our house. Now that she's stable, yeah. people can come to our house. So it is a lot easier and it's very tough because, you know, it's draining on all of us. But actually, mm-hmm. like I said, finding that positive, we get a lot of help. And I'm very, very lucky in that respect that, you know, she has something called a pink passport. So when she's poorly, I can go into A and E and I give them AV's okay. pink passport and the pediatric seer within twenty minutes because I mean AV can deteriorate extremely oh. quickly and she has done many times before. So she has to be seen that quick. But you know a lot of parents don't get that and I know with Amelia you wait hours and hours and hours to see someone and they send you off with antibiotics and you don't get what you want and having two children one that is really frustrating when she's unwell and one that when she's unwell it's almost like we've got VIP like yeah you know we're we're really lucky Mm. and I definitely don't take that for granted at all 
In fact, some of my nurses are probably like, oh my God, um, time feels ringing again. We're busy. <laughs> Quickly, uh, <laughs> just, just put on voice now. <laughs> but you have to, don't you? You know, they're your children. You need to you need to be able to make sure that you know that you're doing everything that you need to be doing and that you can. I mean, how confident do you feel now? I mean, like you're a pro now. She's nearly a year. Like you're a total pro now in, in, in her care. Like, do you feel <laughs> confident in yourself now or do you still feel that kind of do you know what I I do I mm-hmm. I mean I've always had an interest in this anyway and I find stuff like this so interesting I am that parent you know that any opportunity I get like one of her things we went out and she pulled I mean you know it's just her all over but she pulled her peg out and you have to go in within an hour otherwise the hole closes and there was like oh you know they do it bedtime they're like you might want to walk away I was like you're joking can I get my phone out and film it like <laughs> I love it like I'm more than happy so I remember one doctor was like, oh, you want to get a pair of gloves on? Like, I can show you what you're doing. And I was like, yes, in my <laughs> element. Because Tom's like gagging in the corner because that's not a bit of him at all. But no, I yeah. love it. So yeah. it helps that I find it interesting. I'm, I'm always willing to help. It's tough because when you were saying earlier about an identity, like have you have you got a new one or have you, have you lost one? And I, I wouldn't change anything to be a mum. Like I, I think yeah. you gain a new identity becoming a mum anyway. But with AV, I've almost, I've, I feel like I've gone back to uni. Like I feel like I've done another degree because Sounds like I, it. I've got this whole new thing. Like we had to have three different exams before she come home. I say exams, they're called competencies, but you have to get, you know, tested on it. And oh, yeah, exactly. um, yeah, you have yeah. to do, you have to do your research and you have to have physical, show them that you can do it, what it means, what what to do demonstrations yeah they get dummies out some of them we had to do on eight poor avia was just laying in her court while we were like you know working on her but you know we we do and actually i think basic life support should be for everyone before they bring a baby home yeah because it's so important Mm. and it's things that a lot of people don't actually know but no I've definitely gained more confidence from AV and it hasn't phased me at all I thought it would it hasn't you know all my friends I was gonna say are you surprised did you expect to take to it the way that you have Um, yes and no no because it was very, very daunting the first time. And, you know, I'm not going to be around the bush. Some bits aren't pleasant and some bits aren't. You, you find yourself, you, you never expect to be that parent, especially if it's not in your family. Yeah. And I'm all, I've, we've always, always been an accepting family. And, you know, I, it's not that I don't, I judge other people because absolutely not, it's the complete opposite to me, but I've never been around it. I, I don't have any friends or family that have any disabilities or, you know, um, other than my cousin who has cerebral palsy and but he's just amazing um so to have av was a bit like oh my god what are we gonna do are we, are we gonna cope are people gonna look at us but actually it's not like that at all like we went on holiday with our best friends and they were laughing and the first night i had av plugged in a up to her satsment monitor that was underneath the buggy i had the oxygen canister on my back and she had her oxygen on she had her pump going the suctioning machine to get all of it was just second nature it's just like you know we've had to get all this different equipment and all the space for the equipment and she has a hospital cot which Amelia loves because she can sit in a cot and push the buttons and the head rises and it goes up and down (laughs) and it's like a little probably shouldn't let her play in it actually but no it's it's really I thought I'd struggle and I haven't with certain things I, I find it quite easy almost because you have to do it 
so you just crack on Mm. but it is you sort of lose it a little bit because I can't go back to work at the moment there's just no way I'd be able to work at the moment and work was my break yeah like work was my respite I I loved going to work and socializing with other people and having different chat and getting out of the house and now it's a bit like Groundhog Day now and you know she she can't go to a nursery yet she probably won't be able to go to a nursery until preschool age just because the training and everything that comes with her unless it's a special nursery which is impossible to get into yeah so that's hard I feel like I've lost my identity a bit because I, I don't have that that side to me anymore and I wasn't expecting that mm-hmm. I was fully expecting yeah. to go back to work and you know do what I love doing I think it's really important to talk about it as well because so many people are worried about admitting that they enjoyed that aspect of having a break and going back to their job some people you know want to go back to work fairly soon some people want to stay at home you know it's a it's a different preference for everybody but because of the kind of general narrative around you know mothers should be at home with their children and and things like this it's not spoken about enough of that kind of feeling of a loss of identity when you can't go back to what it is that you love doing and that you enjoy doing and that that's part of your identity so I think it is really important to normalize that feeling of loss when you can't go back to those things absolutely no absolutely and and you know it works such a big part of your life like and I have got a newfound respect for stay at my home mums like those that stay at home with their children one have the patience of a saint two like cleaning you sort of had an excuse I mean it's it's strange isn't it because obviously parenting is a full-time job but when you're at home every day I feel bad for not having a clean house for when Tom gets home and it's like well I've been at home all day so and he's like well yeah but you've not been doing nothing like because you're at home all day every day you expect that you know in your head you're like well I'll get the washing done I'll have dinner started it doesn't go like that at all you are at work you're just not getting paid for it it's hard like people are incredible that stay at home and look after their kids like hats off to you because as soon as she's in scogs (laughs) I'm off (laughs) I'm out on the town (laughs) (laughs) no it's it's tough I saw that um you had uh, a visit to a hospice was it recently is is she is she gonna go in yeah, spend so some she's time. actually got her first break on Thursday. So yeah, no, she's um she goes to Haven House in Woodford. Um, oh bless her! And oh, honestly, I wanna I wanna sign in. They're amazing. She gets like a massage. <laughs> she gets a special bath. She has like these little parties. Nice. It's, it's incredible. It's so lovely. And she always comes, so she's had a few tasters, like, sessions. And she has, like, her music therapy. She has baby yoga. Oh, my God, it's like Aww. a holiday. <laughs> but she she loves it. And she's she's got her first night, like, without me and Tom on Thursday. Right. So that will be interesting. How are you feeling about that? I feel really bad, but I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> don't I, feel bad it, it would be strange I mean we have nurses five nights a week anyway which was and I think that's why I'm okay because for me that was strange I didn't like having people in our house while we were sleeping and oh, okay. I almost I almost took offense to it which is ridiculous and I shouldn't have now doing it if anybody does have nurses like it's absolutely fine but I was almost like well, what do you mean? Like, I can take care of my own baby. Like, I've not had yeah, her home yeah. for so long. I want to do this on my own. I don't want any help. But yet, after like a week or two of, and the reality setting in of 
this isn't a normal baby. You just yeah. have to take all the help you can get. It is very tough. And like I said earlier, sleep is such an important part. And people that work mm. on like three, four hours sleep, it's just not healthy. So we're very lucky that we get help. And for her to go away, and I know that she's safe and then we get updates. And I know that actually she's having a much better time than she would just being at home with me again. It's, yeah, it's actually quite nice knowing that we're going to get a full night's sleep. Avi's off doing her own thing. She's loving it. Amelia is going to go to my mum and dad's and we're going to get a night to go out for dinner and be Em and Tom again. Oh, so nice. It, it yeah. will be really nice, but I would be lying if I said it isn't It isn't um, a bit daunting because it is. But, um, mm-hmm. but no, I, I am looking forward to it. <laughs> It sounds like such a, a concoction of different emotions daily that you have to endure with all of these roller coasters of positive things and then really challenging things and then the guilt that comes along with feeling some of these things. Like yeah. it must be such a, a roller coaster for both you and Tom. And it's like an admin job in one. Like it's, I have to, you know, be on top of her appointments and her medicine and when it's running low, I have to reorder that. And, you know, you, you almost, you go to appointments and, you have to explain because nobody knows what it is unless you're going to like yeah you know she's under four different hospitals and there's only one hospital which is gosh and they they know what charge is and I mean don't be wrong the nurses at the other hospital that didn't know what it was they're fantastic because they've looked it up and they've they've done all their research and they don't rely on you but you almost have to explain over and over and over and it's not a it's not a quick, you know, two minute catch up. It's like, yeah, it's complex. Oh no, she's, and because they're all so different, you know, so many children, the only very similar aspect that they all have, which I got told a lot when she was a baby, and it is so true, is their determination and strong character. Really? Like, they are the most incredible humans. <laughs> children with charge, they're like, they, they all just prove people wrong and they're so strong. And, and I got told that. And, you know, when, when she got diagnosed, all my all my friends, my family were all Googling, you know what they do. Like, they, they look into yeah. what it is and they, they want to be on the same page. And every single one of them were like, I have heard, though, Em, that, <laughs> you know, they prove people wrong and they're very deterred. And, oh, my God, she is a sasspot like she's she's got such an amazing character already and a bit nervous actually because I think we're gonna clash <laughs> we're gonna uh we're gonna clash when she's older because she's very strong-willed <laughs> yeah so she doesn't get that from you then is that a Tom thing no no I'm perfect no I don't do stuff <laughs> like that no that is all me that's the problem it is all me so I'm so laid back it's all me so yeah oh amazing I mean what what's it like having to juggle your time to make sure that Amelia is okay and that she's feeling included in everything I mean I imagine that that must be a a juggle at some point when you have to give so much of your your time and attention to attend to Avi's very particular needs do you find it difficult to juggle between making sure that because I mean I, I suppose this sounds like such a challenging situation for somebody who has one child that has complex needs but when you have another child you know two three four children you know that that then becomes you having to juggle between things do you know what I tried explaining it and I don't think it's not like easier it wouldn't be easier if if Amelia wasn't here because the journey would still be the same it would just be a lot easier to juggle because having meals you just have that constant guilt 
that and you know I, I assume that when you have a second child unfortunately they they take more priority in certain things anyway so your attention's more on them for some things than it was before on your first uh. child but with av i found and again it's everyone's different and there's no right answer but for me I found it easier including Amelia and everything. Yeah. And I think it's worked well because she's she's very like she's very um interested and she okay. comes and she wants to join in and she's learning. But I almost regret it a little bit as well because it's made her grow up overnight yeah. and she her whole role play is based around hospitals and blood tests and she rings the ward and says, can I talk to the baby in cot 16? And <laughs> and her friends don't know what she's talking yeah. about, you know, and she's she goes through, like when we was in London, everything was on the train. We had to go to the train to get on the lift and then go up to the like floor eight and it, everything was like copying. Yeah. But she, you know, it, she's learning her numbers at the moment and even something silly like... I let her draw the flushes up, which is just water. And I say, right, we need we need it to number seven today. She draws it up and she even like looks at it and she went, I've just got to get the air bubble out. Oh. She gets the air bubbles and then puts it up to number seven. And she helps me flush it and she screws it in and she pushes it really gently. And, wow. you know, we go into the, to the doctors and she tells the doctors, my sister's got a peg, which means she's fed through her tummy. And she's just... The nurse in the making. She really is. And, you know, nothing phases her now. She's there so when Avi has her blood test because they're all at home now I let her watch if okay. she wants to watch yeah so she watches her have a blood test and you know at first she was like what on earth what because obviously Avi screams the house down and she's like is she okay but you know she's now there with the nurse she gets her gloves on and she dabs it with the the pad and she puts her plaster on for her and she's okay Avi it's gonna be okay and she's just yeah she's so involved and that for me has helped like it's that's what's worked well for us is because Amelia isn't kept out of anything she's included in it all and she understands that Avi needs a little bit more attention than she does yeah she puts her sats probe on throw in the night and waits for the light to come on you know the only thing she doesn't do she's not allowed to touch her pump and she knows that because the last thing I need her doing is changing settings on (laughs) her feeding pump and (laughs) Avi's getting double what she should be getting and um, but no she's that's how we've coped with it and that seems to have worked for us you know I don't know that I just hope that doesn't come back to bite us in the long run but for now it's working well I guess in a way for for her at her age it's almost a way for you to remove that scary part of it because I guess if you'd have blocked her off from it and for instance if she had to wait outside while Avi had her blood test she could hear her screaming she won't know what's going on she won't have the reassurance to say actually no she's fine and so by involving her she's almost being faced with the fears and the, and the scary stuff that's happening but you're able to coach her through it and talk to her through it yeah. and I guess I mean for me personally I think that's a, a brilliant way to to keep her really involved but to give her that that support and reassurance as it's happening so that it's not yeah. traumatic and I think it gives her like the role of a big sister because she yeah. was so excited yeah. to do you know she wanted to feed Avia a bottle and we've never been able to yeah. do that and you know, she, it gives her that, oh, no, I am the big sister and I am allowed to do these things because I'm older. And it gives her that role of, yeah. no, this is what I was... Because she wasn't allowed to see her for so long and she wasn't involved in so much of her life that, you know, even like the nurses, we have to go for like an interview stage when we get a new nurse. And 
I want Amelia to be there and I because she is part of our unit and they need to click with Amelia as much as they need to click with Avi. It's not just I know they're there for Avi, but she's just as much of a family member as Avi is. So actually she yeah. needs to be included in all of this stuff. And you know, I speak to other parents and they, they completely disagree with that and they they don't want their children being on anything and that's absolutely fine. You know, that that works for them. That's yeah. brilliant. But for us it just works well where Mills is involved in all of Avi's care and mm-hmm. she's fantastic at it. She's such an affectionate little girl and yeah, I, I want her to to know that there are differences and they're all fine you know it's, it's mm. absolutely fine to be different it's what makes us who we are and i want them yeah, to look exactly. out for av I want... it's a good way for them to to bond and get that sibling relationship when they, they've had that mm. kind of difficult start like you say when she's not been able to see her at the beginning so that kind of initial bonding period they've not yeah. been able to do so i guess this is yeah, another way to enable that they get that that time to to bond and and be sisters yeah absolutely because yeah I mean Avi's not a normal baby she's very very delayed and you know she's nearly a year and she's on like the two three month mark of what she's doing and Mm -hmm. you know that's strange for Mills Mills is getting impatient she's you know her friends babies brothers and sisters they're laughing with her and they're sitting up and they're playing and she can tickle them and they laugh and Avi has none of that and she's just like, yeah. oh, is this all she does? <laughs> is she not meant to do more than this? <laughs> um, so it's it's good, you know. We, we try and be as open as we can without going into too much detail because she don't need to know everything. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the, you know, I, I want her to be proud of her so yeah well she's she's also had her own little um little medical journey as well hasn't she because she's got hearing aids now yeah so can you tell us a bit about that yeah Amelia do you know what it's actually very very interesting because when she was a baby she used to have a shake in her hand okay and I was worried about it and I took her to the doctors and I was like, no, she's fine. She's fine. She's fine. Until eventually she started fitting. She had seizures. Oh. Um, and she had a weakness down one side. And that's what was causing the shaking. She fell over a lot. She had very weak legs and she was absolutely fine. It was just this weakness that was causing these issues and her seizures of like she's almost growing out of them. And she we've recently discovered she needs a hearing aid. <laughs> I feel awful because I've been like, Amelia, I can't hear you. Or I'm repeating myself. I'm like, Will you listen? Turns yeah. out she actually can't hear me. <laughs> so we took her to the doctors because I was worried about her hearing, and turns out she does have a hearing loss, right. quite a severe one in her right ear. So she's got a hearing aid now just the battery ones and she again I think it's quite nice because Avi won't keep hers on so I've said to her well it's good that you've got one because now you're her big sister you can show her it's important to wear it and it helps and that's made her be like oh yeah actually yeah I'll show her what to do mommy and she keeps hers in so she's being amazing but all of the things that Amelia and she has um so she's had little stents put up her nose because she got blocked tear ducts quite often okay so she's had her little like procedures done mm-hmm. and now we're looking into av the gene that's missing from av is all the same things as what amelia had so Amelia's now going to great ormond street for a genetics testing because they think she's missing the same gene but on a much much milder oh, wow. like yeah so it, it's really interesting it's like it's all adding up yeah you know and it's it's um she's got speech delay which obviously is down to her hearing um right 
but again it, it could be related to this so yeah i mean it's so interesting the more the more you you piece bits together of this little puzzle the more things are making sense it's been funny as well like it's almost like i don't know how to explain it like back to front in the in the thinking that obviously you had amelia first and these things weren't apparent to you you know they were just a couple of things that you'd noticed but they you know just they were what they were and then you've had av and you've become aware of charge syndrome and things like that and now it's maybe answering some questions from Amelia's point of view so it's it's crazy that it's kind of absolutely flipped itself round and almost answered questions afterwards do you know what I mean yeah and if we didn't have AV you know I mean Amelia's fine it's so mild that she's gonna go through life and be fine and you know it yeah if we didn't have av we probably would have never even suggested or looked into anything like this but because we have av and you know our chances increase every time now we've got a child with charge i mean if av ever decided to have children or if she was ever capable of having children yeah her chances of having a child with charge are 50 percent. hers are so high and now we've got AV, ours goes up. So I think ours is something like a 10% chance or something. Like yeah. that. If we had another yeah. baby, I mean, we'll get tested now. So it'll be a bit different. But, you know, I'm intrigued to find out because this genetic testing for meals is quite in-depth. And some some part of me is like, well, I didn't know before. I don't need to know now. And then there's another part of me that thinks, actually, if Amelia wants to start a family one day, yeah. I want her to have all her information in front of her. Yeah. Because this isn't something I want to see Amelia go through. Because even though I love Avi and, you know, she's one of the best things that's happened to us, I, I, I don't want to see my children going through what we've been through. I think it's important for us to get that information as well for Amelia's mm. sake because it could affect her future. But when they're mm. babies, you don't even think about things like that, do you? You don't, you don't think about them having kids. Like, they're your babies. <laughs> they're going to be babies forever. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, always. <laughs> we won't talk about the fact that mine's nearly an adult. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know how you felt, like, the first time Gracie said mum. Like, she called me mum the other day. I was like, no, I'm mummy. Don't call me mum. <laughs> yeah. That's not yeah. loud. It's, it's so strange, that transition, as they grow up and they just get more and more grown up. And sometimes it happens really yeah. slowly and you don't notice it. And then, like you say, sometimes they'll say or they'll do just one thing and you're transported and you're like, oh, yeah. you're older. Like, you, you've just, like, grown 10 years overnight. It's... It is crazy. Mill said, um, I mean, she said it wrong. I can't even remember how she said it. It was really cute. But she said particularly the other day. Like, where on earth have you got that word from? Like, that's a that's a very big word. I don't like this. <laughs> oh, bless her. No, it's, it's a journey, isn't it, parenting? And it's really tough yeah. at times. And it's so important to to openly talk about the tough times as well because I think I think social media has got a lot better over the years of people being more transparent and talking about things um it's I think there's still a long way to go for for people to feel almost comfortable to talk about their challenging times but I think it is getting better and I know that you've touched upon a couple of times on social media about PTSD mm-hmm. and yeah. is this something that had been as a result of going through all of the early challenges with AV was this beforehand what was your experience of that um I mean PTSD I I'm still learning quite a lot about that and I, again like I'm 
I'm extremely lucky. People people want to know about child. I mean, I'm assuming people are just being nosy, but I'm more than happy with that because the more they ask, the more I get awareness out there. Yeah, definitely. Um, but people want to know about it. And when I've mentioned PTSD before, I've had quite a lot of people respond to me and say, oh, I hope you don't mind, but I suffer with this and this is how I deal with it. And I am so grateful when people do that because I have no idea, you know, like it's, yeah. it's things like um, it's things like noises. So I was in Matalan the other day and then one of the alarms went off and it sounded just like her ventilator and I hadn't heard that noise since she was seven weeks old and it, it automatically made me go cold and feel sick and I'd never I've never experienced anything like wow. that and I yeah. said to mum that that just or like you know you look back on videos that you haven't seen in months mm. and there's all the machines and the beeps and the baby's crying and it just brings back them sounds that you haven't heard in so long and yeah. getting on we had to go on the underground the other day and I hadn't gone on the underground since I've been up to the hospital and because every time we now go for appointments I drive because getting on a train automatically puts me in a bad mood and <laughs> it's ridiculous but I just it it just reminds me of all them months because we you know, in March, it was still dark. It was freezing cold. Yeah. Then we went through the summer when we had that huge heat wave. So we were on the train in shorts and, you know, sweating and there's no, no air con. And then back to October when it's back to being chilly again. And, you know, it's, I just don't like it. And it's things like that that I think I'm really, you think you're struggling when you're in it. Yeah. And actually I'm struggling now. Now she's home and now we're living it. It's... It's all these things are coming up that, you know, we walk into a hospital and I used to walk into hospital for appointments and not even be phased. Now I walk into a hospital at all and there's certain smells that trigger you off and you make you anxious. And I think, well, yeah. what's going on? Nothing's even happened. I've just, it's this smell of like medical or plasters or disinfectant and yeah. it, it, it takes you back. It's so strange and I'm definitely, yeah, I'm going through that at the moment and grief is, oh my God, like, I've experienced grief about losing someone before, you know, like my granddad died and that was horrible and yeah. we've had sad things happen, but losing something is completely new to me and I, it started off like, you know, I wasn't ready to not be pregnant anymore and I grieved my pregnancy massively. Really? Um, I, I grieved the fact that, um, you know, I didn't get a baby shower, like something really silly like that. It's not too start. My best friend's just had hers and it was beautiful and I'm so happy for her. She's going to be the best mum. But things like that are hard. Yeah. You know, like the first ones after you think, oh, I, I just, I was really looking forward to that this time, especially because I didn't really enjoy my pregnancy with Amelia. Yeah. I was really looking forward to going on maternity leave and washing the baby clothes and getting <laughs> excited and being on countdown and prepping my hospital bag and, you know, it, I was excited to do all that and that that got ripped away and you know like I wasn't allowed to hold her and this sounds really weird I'm not a weirdo but you know that baby smell no you smell newborn babies I never got to do that like she just smelled of hospital and you know like what I would do to feed her a bottle weaning I used to complain all the time about the mess Mills made but oh my god to give Avi a bit of food and just watch her reaction or, or like you know like are exploring with it I can't do that and that's that's I really really miss that and that's what I'm struggling with massively at the moment is I guess grief and yeah it's a different type of grief that I've not experienced before you don't even think of I mean I know that I I didn't even consider that element of it 
and kind of missing missing those I say normal and in inverted commas things that you do as a parent in with a newborn and I mean I started to look at the word grief in in different ways recently anyway and I I was speaking to a lady who has also done an episode with us um, on attachment and um, we were talking about attachment theory and the different kind of elements of that and I said to her I remember when Gracie was younger she had a really strong friendship group and the friendship group broke apart and she grieved the friends that she'd lost and I didn't at at the time I remember sitting with her and I remember thinking why is she behaving this way like she's almost going through the grief cycle and I could pinpoint all of the different stages and I remember thinking like don't be so stupid and I googled it and it came up and it said you can grieve losing a friendship grief is just the loss of something and I was like I'd always just thought like likened grief to you know losing somebody someone dying and it just opened up my my awareness that actually there are so many different ways that you can grieve something and I said this to this woman because her she's um, a doctor of education and she specializes in attachment so I was talking to her about it and she was like absolutely it's it's they're grieving at loss some sort of loss and obviously you yeah. saying this like it just makes sense that you would go through that grief cycle for absolutely. you know losing something or not having it yeah and like you know like you just said about attachment like Avi is so used to having so many different faces and, yeah you know, for the first seven months she did she didn't have cuddles she had all these machines that when we were allowed to cuddle her which wasn't often we had to hold her in a particular way to suit her her machine she was on and it wasn't until she was probably about six months old that I could pick her up as a baby and put her on my shoulder and I mean I never again like this is what I mean about finding the good things where she's peg fed I don't have to sterilize anything everything comes to me and I just take it out of its sterile packing and put it in like I would have a huge shock to me if I had another baby and I'm having to wash all these bottles because I haven't had to do that but you know so it's almost like I've never had to burp her but putting her in that burping position yeah and just cuddling her like I took that for granted massively but because Avi never had that she's not a cuddly baby and she's not she's not a um like she's starting to get a bit more smiley now which is really nice because you almost feel like you've got a baby like she's starting to to have a little half smile like it's very cute but she hasn't got any attachment with anyone because she's always had a different nurse on shift she's always had to just lay you know on her back and she had no stimulation for ages that was one of my biggest things and why to this day I believe she's so delayed because she got no stimulation in hospital at all and you know she I'm grieving the fact that my baby has no oh mummy you know when they get excited to see you and you pick yeah. them up and they hug they cut she doesn't have that she doesn't have that that loving you know I hope it it grows and and she gets that but I miss that so much all these mm. videos that I have on my phone of you know I mean especially nearly one and she'd stand up in her cot and she'd be so so excited or her legs would go and you know she'd get that beaming baby smile on her <laughs> face whenever she sees you at like four months old yeah maybe's nearly a year and she's just like all right <laughs> oh it's you again <laughs> like she's just she's not got that she's completely yeah. detached from that so um yeah that, I mean you know we, we're going through lots of different things and we're learning even her hair and I joke about her hair but trying to brush a baby's hair that can't lift their head Oh my god, like I took that for granted. Mills would just sit there and and I'd be able to put her hair up. Avi, it's like a good half hour job trying to even brush it because then she flops back and yeah. Just leave it. Just let it go wild. It's meant to be wild. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave it as the main it is. I bet bet Tom's itching. He's like, come on, let me do something with the hair. Honestly. He's like, I'll just get the clippers on it. I'll just fade it in. It will look okay. (laughs) But no, she's 
she's definitely she's one mm. but then, do you know what she's like you said earlier that's exactly what we call her she's our warrior like she's she showed us strength I didn't even know existed and she's taught us so much in these last 11 months like she's taught us more than than I, I ever imagined I'd learned from a baby yeah but Amelia is our hero and I hope she oh. knows that and I hope she grows up and she knows how much like she's helped us like this whole it would be so much easier for me if we didn't have another baby because we could solely focus on Avi mm-hmm. but at the same time Amelia is the reason that we went home every night and we were still, you know, smiling and we were still excited to... We were almost excited to leave the hospital because we knew we was going home to, to meals. Yeah, Whereas exactly. I think for first-time parents, leaving must just be... You're going home to nothing. Yeah. Whereas we were going home and we were distracted. We were mm-hmm. preoccupied with having to put dinner on. And, you know, Amelia still needed bathing and dropping yeah. off. And Life just carried on. It is and Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I hope Amelia never, like, you know, forgets. Avi is always getting the praise and, oh, she's so strong and she's such a fighter, and which she is, and I'm never going to take that away from her. But Amelia is like the little superhero in the background that mm-hmm. is our little little hero that keeps us going. Absolutely. She's, yeah, she's, she's amazing. They both are. You're going to have your hands full. <laughs> oh yes <laughs> oh yes <laughs> you've got a couple of strong girls there you you clearly only have strong women <laughs> oh that's it we'll bring Go them Tom. up to be um <laughs> I know, Go to Tom. Tom. you've got a dog as well haven't you is she female she is yeah <laughs> she's our third child she is our little fur baby she doesn't get left out she's just as important <laughs> but um yeah no tom's the biggest woman of us all we're joking <laughs> bless him oh it sounds like you've got such a good dynamic going on and you are an incredible team the, the pair of you or all four of you are an incredible team um I just want to, before we finish, I just want to touch on um, the amazing charity work that you do because you always seem to be trying to raise money for the Charge Foundation, also for Mind, which makes sense that it's an incredibly important charity, you know, for people that are going through challenging times. And obviously we've touched upon mental health and that in in this discussion as well. So it's great that you raise money for, for them as well. So can you just tell us a little bit about some of the things that you're doing for raising money and how people can get involved um, and if you've got anything coming up that you want to shout about. Yeah, no, we, um, um, I've always been a bit of a big advocate for mental health. I've got bipolar, okay. um, which a lot of people don't know. And me and Tom definitely have our own uh, struggles. So for me, I I feel like I, I have to get out there that it's okay not to be okay. Because yeah. so many people feel like, you know, I know why I did. I felt guilty for moaning when I do have a very amazing support network with my friends and family I had a job I was earning money mm-hmm. you know we were going on holidays we were doing all this stuff and I thought why am I feeling low that I don't have the right to feel low when there's people out there that you know are genuinely struggling with day-to-day life yeah and it took me ages to understand it doesn't matter it, you know it, it, it honestly doesn't matter and the amount of people I talk to that don't get it because they feel guilty and I think and I just want people to know you don't have to like it's a normal thing and don't suffer in silence talk I'm always willing I mean I'll take you know four to five working weeks to reply but I will always be willing to talk to you and always be willing to listen and help in any way I can yeah so mental health for me I really am I love talking about and I'm always supportive of it 
and then obviously charge is more it's more about spreading awareness of charge because so many people don't know about it um and you know there's so many genetics disorders out there it's over my eyes and people do want to learn about it and people don't and that's fine i think for me i'm petrified that she is quite clearly different and children can be so mean yeah I'm so nervous that, you know, I think every parent is in some way, but I'm so nervous about bullying or her being left out or I just, for me now, I feel like I have this mission that I want, I want people to understand that actually children are different in, in every way. And that's brilliant. And we should highlight their differences and and support them. And, and yeah, so my little charity events are now all based around that um it's more uplifting than that it is fun night <laughs> it's not all doom and gloom um but we um yeah we're doing really well with them and I really really want to do a ball okay. like a free call sit down meal with a band and I want it to be a proper proper thing my, I mean I call us the tornado team because if I've not got like 20 things on my brain at one go then it's I am quiet. the same like, I have to yeah Oh, I have to be on the go 100 miles an hour all the time. Do you find that you're, because I find with me, I'm so much more productive the more I have on. If I've just got like one or two things on, then I procrastinate and I kind of mooch along and don't really do. But if I've got 50 things going, I'm like, right, here, 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 here. And I work so much better. Yeah. yeah. And you get things done. Yeah. Yeah. So now I'm exactly the same. So I'm already thinking about where I can go and what I can do. And I mean, if it's not this year, hopefully it'll be next year. I really want to put on a charge fest in the summer and have a, okay. a little festival. But yeah, I mean, you know, obviously if people want to buy tickets, then your mum mum's come. If not, just sharing stuff just makes all the difference when people just share it or like mm-hmm. something. Or I'm going to open up a Instagram page for AV. Okay. My, my account's private on Instagram and I've just been too nervous to. I've had it on there for so long. It's called Not Your Average AV. So it's been on there for ages and ages since July last year. And I've just been too nervous because I get so nervous that people are going to, like, you know, like weirdos are looking on there and yeah, I just don't like it. And then I thought, oh, do you know what? It's the only way I'm going to be able to spread more awareness. So that will be coming out. So anyone, and that won't be private. So anyone okay. can look at it. And all the charity event and details and stuff will all be on that page. So, okay. yeah, people, if sharing and liking would be amazing. Amazing. <laughs> if you let us know when it's um when it's live, then we can definitely share it around and hopefully get more more information. And when this episode goes live as well, then that'll be another good way to to share around as much as we can and raise some awareness yeah. and some knowledge around all of this for you. No, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Not at all. Brilliant. So, just to finish up. Because Recap's all about embracing everyone and making everyone feel at home and part of a supportive community, I ask all guests to have a think of one piece of advice or an empowering message to give to the listeners to help share that love and support. So if you could say just one thing to help even just one person, what is it that you would like to say? I would probably say um, try not to compare yourself to other people um, on both parenting and children. Yeah. and by that, I mean, I think social media is brilliant. But I think it's also so bad because you can look on and, you know, people are painting or cooking or they've taken them out in the fresh air. And you think, oh, my God, I'm still in my pyjamas. My kids have just about eaten breakfast. I am not. I'm not doing that well. And the reality of it is you're doing amazing. Like if you've got out of bed, 
that's the first step to I think people underestimate how hard that can be sometimes yeah absolutely I think I mentioned it earlier as long as they're fed and they're loved and they're happy and they're clean you know you're winning parenting's there's no rule book and it can be really tough sometimes to compare or you know comparing children and I found myself doing it so much with Avi and I get so annoyed with myself but you, you you find yourself thinking oh, they're crawling mine's not doing it yeah oh my god they're speaking so much mine's not even said two words yet like are they behind and you end up panicking because you think you're doing something wrong mm. and every child's different every parent's different and you know as long as they're safe then I just try not to compare because I guarantee you you're doing a great job because it's bloody hard it's bloody hard perfect way to round <laughs> that up it is bloody hard in all aspects for <laughs> people who have one child 10 children dogs they're equally as hard to parent <laughs> it, is, it is really hard but I think it's the key is to to be honest and to talk about things um and like you say comparison is a thief of all joy isn't it so let's just not oh well Emma you've been amazing and thank you so much for sharing Avi's story Amelia's story and the story of your family and and the journey that has got you to where you are now and I am so looking forward welcome thank you not at all I'm so looking forward to to following Avi and Amelia and their journeys going forward and the amazing things that I am sure they will get up to when they get older oh yeah the adventures of them they'll they'll be great (laughs) and you'll be pulling your hair out I definitely will (laughs) Oh, yes. It's all right. You're married to a barber. It's fine. Yeah, he can sort it. That's why I did it, really. I knew. See, I planned ahead. No, it's been so much fun. Thank you. You are very welcome. And I'll make sure to share some information under the episode as well so that people know where to go to find out more as well. Thank you very much. Not at all. Thanks a lot, Emma. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you.